Sand through the hourglass. Today is the longest day of my life. Okay, welcome back to The Longest Days of Our Lives, a 24 fan cast. I am Jack Bauer superfan Mike Cushing. And I am 24 newbie and Jack Bauer kind of fan for right now, Curtis Perry. <laughs> and I am a definite Jack Bauer superfan, Michael Howard. Well, uh, gentlemen, welcome back. It's lovely to see you again. Um, y'all almost broke me last week. You almost, you, you almost broke me in half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's mm-hmm. been a week. Have y'all I worked out your time? Si- I had a great time. Oh yeah, yeah. everybody had fun except yeah. you. I don't know why you just couldn't <laughs> enjoy yourself. I had a great time. Uh, have y'all worked out your sillies? Are nope. all the sillies gone? Mm-hmm. No, no, not at no, all. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. What you nope. just said to me. That's great news because I mm-hmm. depend on those sillies. <laughs> yeah, those are my sillies. You're just keeping hold of them for me. <laughs> hey, I have, Kush, all the, I have all the sillies and zero fucks, Kush. Kush, so you'll, you'll be happy to know that uh, 6.38 happens during a commercial break, so Dude, you don't have uh, to yell about it a lot. No joke, I actually wrote down in my notes 6.38 and highlighted it three times. It was like, my, and I wrote, Michael can't fuck with me next to it. <laughs> Look, I just wanted to talk about Milo, and you guys were talking about Milo Ventanilla and uh, well, Milo okay. and Stitch. And isn't there isn't there a drink called Milo like in some in some country? I think there is. I'm gonna have to look it up. Okay, are we a mixology podcast now? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, so I did have one question at the end of the last week, and it applies at the end of this one too, Curtis. But um, okay. I wanted to ask you, and I was. Sorry, my lovely you, wife just told me that Milo is a drink from Barbados. Oh. That's like Ovaltine. So, ha! Huh, ha ha. Okay. Well, thank you, Tammy. Thank you, <laughs> thank you, Barbados. I want to try your tasty Bev one time. Okay, okay well, Curtis. Yeah, I'm in. Let's do it. I do have a question for you. You know what? I'll save it to the end. No big deal. Because <laughs> it, it applies. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. It is now 6 a.m. on the day of the California presidential primary. The sun is coming up, which can Mm -hmm. only mean things are about to get into high gear. We've been told since the start of the show that Senator David Palmer's day starts at 6. Shit's going to get real. We know that Jack's day should be intersecting with Palmer's just around then. Um, uh, So who else's day is starting? It's our shooter, Martin Belkin. Yeah, old Snipefish. Uh, The uh, man who has been surgically altered to look like Martin Belkin, the photographer. Do we know this guy's real name? We learn it in a moment, um, I believe. So he gets, he's getting dressed. He's a real nice hunk of man meat, though, huh? (laughs) I was trying to figure out if he actually was the same guy who played Martin Belkin because he... I mean, I haven't gone back and, and watched it, but he looks exactly like this dude. I'm pretty sure he is, and they no, make a the big dude. deal of showing him putting on brown contact lenses to mm-hmm. alter his appearance. Because you can tell what color the eyes are from the ID. Right, yeah, the close-up of the 2001 digital photography <laughs> on that ID. Um, speaking of eyes, we get a real tight close-up in the opening credits where they have to just waste at least two minutes of time, showing him poking his eyeballs with contact lenses, which for any of our listener out there who hates contacts, you thank God you didn't have to watch this thing. It was pretty gross. Yeah, gotta love it. Just just placing the old contacts in there, and then they go for the, I know Michael's favorite thing, the single-scene split-screen. <laughs> 
I love Let's it. Let's show him from 17 different so angles. Much. It's great. Yeah. So uh, he gets dressed. He goes uh, on his way to do his good, good murder. Uh, he, uh, on his way out, he uh, goes to see Ira Gaines, our terrorist leader, who says that he's due to meet Senator David Palmer in an hour, so he better leave now to avoid traffic, which hasn't really seemed to be a problem for anyone else in this show, so I don't know why it'd be a problem for him. Well, you know, it's it's 6 a.m. now. This is when uh, rush hour starts. Right. Um, so he says, I'm on my way, and walks away. Now, we cut back to Jack, who, uh, per Gaines' instructions, is on his way back to CTU in a nice silver Ford Taurus. He's being tailed by his keepers. And for some reason, Jack is directing, or Gaines is directing Jack back to CTU, like Jack doesn't know how to get to his own office. Right. (laughs) Make a right here. But the other weird (laughs) thing is that there's people following him, right? Which, okay, I get that. But he's just carrying a camera. He's just, like, the passenger's just holding a camera up in, like, plain view. Like, that's not suspicious at all. Yeah, this is in Russia, Michael. (laughs) there's no there's no dash cams yeah but like he's got he's got these tiny little cameras all over jack's car so that we see like why didn't he just put a tiny camera on the front of his car hey they're in la maybe they're shooting a movie (laughs) you don't know there's a lot there's a lot of film sets in los angeles it also is kind of weird like to see someone holding a, a video camera yeah, it's just an odd thing to be doing. So anyway, um, so well, no, no, what, what I'm saying it's it's weird to see someone holding a video camera as opposed oh. to just like a phone, right? Okay, like, so 17, who, 17 years in the future, you're you're just like, why is they are they holding a Sony right, camcorder? It just, it, it just looks it looks odd. Is all right. I'm saying. Yeah, they should just have a dashboard mount for their phone and just exactly. be recording everything yeah. like a normal human being. Uh, and then he says that he left Jack something under the visor, uh, which it looks like some kind of key card. And Gaines says, "I'll tell you what it is when you get to the office." Which, come on, like, Jack doesn't realize what's happening at this point. Like, they have one piece of evidence right now, and it's a key card. And, oh, I don't, what am I supposed to do with this key card? Yeah, what is this for? Yeah, I, this I, for? I, I couldn't no possibly. Idea. What what building can I get into with this? <laughs> Maybe there's a secret hotel underneath CTU. You don't know, man. This I is mean, a man who pulled up next to a bus in episode one and just somehow decided that David Palmer was the target of these attacks, but right. he can't figure out what he's supposed to do with the key card. Yeah, a lot of people make logical leaps in this show when it suits the narrative, and sometimes they're just like, oh, I don't know, I better wait five minutes to figure this one out. I gotta wait for the tiny clock to I catch up I wonder if he me. was just trying to play dumb just to piss I off. I mean, possibly. Although, yeah. if if someone had my wife and daughter uh, under a gun, I probably wouldn't just, like, goof on them. <laughs> <laughs> kind of man Jack is apparently. Oh, this key card? <laughs> oh, am I supposed to put it up my butt? <laughs> anyway, speaking of key cards and butts, uh, we cut back to CTU and Milo, our much discussed freelancer from last episode, is working on decrypting the key card that uh, Richard Walsh, a CTU agent, died to give Jack. And he tells Nina that he's very close to the assassin's name and that there's a scrambled medical file showing a handful of plastic surgeons. So Milo says that the shooter must be trying to hide his identity. Nina makes one of those logical leaps in 24 that shockingly goes nowhere nope narratively speaking that no or that he's trying to assume someone else's identity yep which we and, know and to they be don't, the case like it seems like that piece of information might be enough to start looking into people who are supposed to be around david palmer like you know david palmer is the target and you know that somebody has gone to a plastic surgeon to either hide their identity or assume someone else's, it seems like that would be some enough to put together a little bit of a story. Right? It's enough to unravel the entire plot because they <laughs> should be just like, oh, who who has a private meeting with David Palmer today? Oh, this one photographer in an hour? Nah, maybe 
let's check him out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. They don't do that, though. No, they don't. They just nope. get us a name. Yeah. So Nina tells Milo to keep working. And uh, we cut back to Keith, who uh, apparently has finished his power nap. Um, <laughs> and he's out running. And uh, Senator David Palmer pulls up in his motorcade. And uh, Keith gets pretty sassy and runs away from David. Yep. And then Palmer chases after him. Special Agent Pierce tries to stop him. Yeah. And he basically tells him to fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, let, me, said, let my man this, bring him in. Yeah, the yeah. Secret Service detail is pretty much useless. <laughs> yeah, so Aaron tells him to let my let my guy bring him in, and uh, Palmer just says to call your man off, and Aaron just does and lets Palmer just run after Keith. Like, just, all right, yeah, no problem. Just go through this park, no big deal. Keith apparently knows, even though, again, a lot of these... Information spreads very quickly on this show when, it's, when it suits the narrative, and uh, even though... In the last, like, ten minutes of the episode, Palmer had decided with Mike, his chief of staff, to go in front of the labor uh, breakfast that's happening in the next hour and discuss Keith's involvement in righteous vengeance against against his sister, Nicole's attacker. Mm-hmm. And um, Keith somehow knows, has time to get dressed in his sweats and go for a run and get a good bit away from the hotel <laughs> with the Secret Service detail. But he knows that David's going to talk about the death of Lyle Gibson and how Keith was involved in it. He, he says something know, kind of weird. There's a, This whole conversation is very odd. He yeah. says he says that no matter what, people will still think or will still believe that I killed Lyle Gibson, and and it's like, but you you did, yeah, you did kill, kill him. him. Like, well, so Keith's narrative is that it was an accident that Gibson had a knife, came at him, and Keith pushed him, and he fell out a window. Right, but he still is responsible for that man's death. Right, regardless. Yeah, yeah yes. then he starts then he starts revealing some you know some some issues, some tension within the Palmer family as he's talking to to his dad a little more. Yeah, and this is all very much. Um, We've talked a little bit before about how Jack and Palmer might have some deeper parallels, like just their values and expecting people to do things by the book, but them also not doing anything by the book, you know. You know, Palmer's pretty much straight edge, but he's also willing to duck out on his Secret Service detail to meet a political operative to, like, blackmail a reporter. And so... And he also you know, puts his he, he puts his job and his, his responsibilities from a job standpoint ahead of his family. Well, we which only... Jack obviously does. Right, exactly. And so, basically, Palmer says that he wants Keith at his side at the breakfast so he can stand by him as his father. Um, Keith says, it's too late for that. You never gave a shit, gave a shit about me. You were never there. Uh, he ain't having it. He just runs <laughs> off again, and uh, Palmer's left. Just hold, hold on. on. So he says, he says, we're a family, Keith, and Keith just cries and runs away. <laughs> <laughs> that was the actual set of lines that ended that scene. I, yeah. <laughs> I and imagine him just being like, ah! <laughs> and running away. So Keith, in emotional torment, flees the scene. Um, Palmer just kind of left holding his dick. Speaking of dicks, we cut over to uh, Rick and Kim. Rick is washing the Dan off of himself. And um, in this whole scene, uh, Kim is asking, again, continuing to ask for Rick's help to escape from Ira Gaines. And we get some real indicators that Dan really did a lot more surfing than studying at San Diego State. Because, oh, um, yeah, he's he's not very quick on the uptake. Um <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh yeah, no, I I did what he told what he told me to do. So clearly, he's gonna let me go, even though we're very obviously in the middle of some kind of plot. Yeah, his exact words were, "He doesn't need me anymore." Mm-hmm. And then Kim, Kim, mm-hmm. Kim, we're talking about here. 
the woman who said Kim Bauer, the woman who said to- uh, people break out of prison all the time. <laughs> yeah, in response so to this place Kim, is like a prison. Kim, she is yeah. the one who has to tell him exactly. She, she says exactly. Yeah, and she said, yeah, yeah. He doesn't fucking need you anymore, Rick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So Kim, Kim somehow becomes the voice of reason in that whole uh, power dichotomy. At first, I thought the Kim's response, like people break out of prison all the time, was just a subtle nod to another Fox show, Prison Break. But that didn't premiere until 2005. So uh, my my uh, instant theory was broken. But uh, yeah, Dan or sorry, Rick, very clearly not getting the big picture. And he continues to not connect the dots for the entirety of this episode. Yeah. Yeah. He just I don't know. Like he even goes in to see Gaines at some point and it's like Gaines is clearly doesn't want to have anything to do with him. And he's like two like two seconds from just shooting him in the face. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get to that in a bit. But like but Rick basically does everything in his power to ask for a bullet. Yes. In this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so it's now 608. Jack arrives at CTU. Gaines tells Jack what uh, we all knew what he was going to do and says that Jack needs to swap his key card from the car with the one that Milo is decrypting. And Jack kind of like asked a question is like, you know, trying to ask for his plan. And I really like, again, we've talked about how good Gaines is on this show, mm-hmm. but he doesn't pull any Bond villain shit. He just says, just do it, Jack. Like exasperated. Just do it. Yeah. <laughs> Can we go one second? That One thing I forgot to mention during the Milo and Nina little thing where she she tells him to get the name. He has this cup of snack. Oh, yeah. I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. And Nina just reaches over and just and grabs, grabs a snack out and just yeah. pops it in her mouth. Rude. Yeah. Not only every- is it rude? It's kind of gross. Yeah. And every scene we've seen Milo in, he's been snacking on something. Even in the scene with the autopsy right. um, of the identified body, um, they were, he was snacking on some sort of like popcorn or like maybe like a, a cocoa puff, if you will. Yeah. Or like, you know, a, like a nut of some sort. But he brought him into the autopsy room and then he's eating them still. And she's just like, yeah, I'm going to take one of these things. Well, Michael. Oh, sorry. That, that disgusted me. I had to I had to yeah. get it out there. Well, like every small minor fucking detail of this show, <laughs> it is it is there for a reason. And it will come back as a plot point later in this episode, shockingly enough. Uh, Jack is, finally walks into CTU. As he does throughout this entire episode, again, maybe it's just because it was the year 2000 and maybe people weren't super familiar with, like, earpieces and, like, just technology. Jack spends an inordinate and very suspicious amount of time in this episode touching his ear as he yeah. talks to Gaines. Yeah. Like, he's got some kind of weird ear infection or, or like, something. And, like, like Nina's, Nina's perceptive enough to see everything else that's going on, but... The fact that he's basically jamming his finger in his ear for like thirty minutes, she's like constantly. He, he, these are federal agents. Like they had to be like their first thought should be, "Who you talking to, bro?" Right? Wait, what? Just yeah. checking my ear. No, no. It looks like you're talking. Like you to you can see it some sort. when he turns to the side. You can <laughs> see it. Well, you can see it. That's called dramatic irony. Probably not. Anyway, so Jack runs into Nina. Uh, uh, I bet I bet Jack would know whether it was dramatic irony or not because he has an English degree. I found out. Oh god. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. English well, undergrad. Yeah. Jack Bauer has an English undergrad degree, uh, which he puts to good use by yelling at people very loudly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So Jack runs into Nina. He explains that he's been out of touch because his cell phone battery died, which uh, is a thing that happened all the time in 2000. And the way he says it, it's like my, my cell phone was dead. <laughs> 
Yeah, he just kind of giggles, and he says that uh, Kim is actually okay. Uh, She was just partying with some boys. So Nina says, oh, that's great. Well, we ID'd the body of our John Doe. It's Alan York, an accountant from the Valley. Uh, And Jack is uh, shocked because he just saw Alan York at the hospital with Terry. And once again, Ira Gaines is amazing because Jack says, who the hell is with my wife? Yeah, so Jack kind of just gives Terry a dumb face and then just, oh, I got to go up to my office and runs upstairs and says, uh, if Alan York is dead, who the hell is the man with my wife? And, what <laughs> and then Iris says, says <laughs> he's not an he's accountant not. from the valley. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, Ira Gaines continues to just fucking slay it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Gain, or Jack t- makes the obvious retort, um, if you hurt them, I'll kill you. And um, Gaines, what does Gaines do? He fires a gun right into the microphone. Yeah. And Which had to be loud for him, too. I'm just saying, like, he's in a bunker, basically. And he, and he didn't flinch a shit. No. Yeah, so no. Gaines fires a gun and says, uh, Jack says, what the hell was that? And he says, that's the last sound they'll hear unless you get yourself together and do as you're told. Oh, God, I, I love Gaines so much. Yeah. He's so cool. He's so and, cool. And the gun was smoking, too, while he's saying yeah. it. Oh, yeah. It's just so nice. Yeah, so, Chris, I want your feelings on this. So, last episode, we talked a little bit about the coincidences that all had to come together to make this plot actually work like um you know paying some san diego state people to like and like you know kidnap kim and her friend getting getting them both to this hospital all this stuff it's starting to look like Gaines and company rather than making a lot of leaps to do this really have all their eyes dotted and their t's crossed yeah, a lot of this looks very well planned, um, except, I mean, I, of course they had to pull a little audible for the hospital, mm-hmm. I'm sure, and that probably got somebody just fucking nailed in the head, um, you know, for what happened there. Oh, yeah, it did. Look yeah. at fucking douche. Yeah. Anyway, so everything else seems to be meticulously planned, um, and, and because of some people that they got in place to do these things. So it's, it's you know, Ira's, Ira's a boss, and if he's not the yeah. one pulling the strings, I want to know who it is. Okay. Well, so- yeah, and then Ira, so Ira here overhears the conversation with where Nina tells Jack that it's that Alan York is not Alan York, right? So he he calls this dude Alan York, who we find out is Kevin. Mm-hmm. to tell him and he leaves a message because he's out of range of the cell phone to tell him that you know terry knows that he's not he's not alan york and and you got to be careful what but my question is what benefit does it have to anyone for terry to still think that she's not kidnapped like he's clearly driving her somewhere and and he's taking her to the compound like at this right. point, like at this wh- point, she can only gather more information and talk to more people. It's right, like weird. like as soon as they got out of you know out of the the city and they're up in the mountains, he should have just knocked her out and put a bag over her head. Like, yeah. I, so we'll get to that in a second. I do. There are two things that I want to get to before we, we run into Terry and Alan and or Kevin. One, so Gaines essentially tells Jack to you know get that card, and if they if you know he doesn't, Kim's dead. Terry's dead. So Jack says it won't be easy, not without attracting attention, which is something Jack hasn't really excelled at anyway in this show. Like, he's tranked his boss, essentially stolen a helicopter for personal gain on taxpayer dollar, um, chopped a man's thumb off. Like, Jack will find a way to do something regardless. Dropped a, I, dropped a stolen car with a mutilated body in the parking right. lot and then just, just, just walked away. Yeah. 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 Curtis, I do have a question for you, though. So mm-hmm. we talked a little bit about... You know, Jack has, you know, uh, 
clearly Gaines has, has all this planned out pretty meticulously. Do you think Jack, it was just, they just kind of knew he would be involved? Or do you think there's a deeper tie to Jack in this? Did you think about that at all? Yeah, no, I thought it was deeper. As I started watching, you know, just looking at what's going on, it's, you know, you, you wanted this guy for a reason and there's some stuff you've got set up to make sure that he is a key part of this so it's it's, it's got to be right it's not nothing this is happenstance the more you think about how these people set up the from everything from the plane explosion to when you realize that iris got fucking ctu bugged right then you, you kind of understand yeah yeah they, they wanted you jack and they had it set up the right way and they're gonna it's gonna get pretty pretty frisky moving forward for mm-hmm. old jack bauer yeah Okay, so Michael, like you learned, or like you mentioned, we learned that Suspicious Dad is actually named Kevin, mm-hmm. and uh, Gaines leaves him a voicemail saying that Terry knows that he's not Alan, be careful. So, uh, of course, we cut directly to Terry and Kevin uh, driving through uh, the hills of L.A., Kevin? Uh, and uh, <laughs> so Terry, because she got the call from Nina at the end of the last episode, she knows that Alan York is not Alan York. So she tells that he's she's feeling woozy and needs to pull over. They pull over. She jogs off into the woods. Uh, and uh, suspicious Kevin checks his messages uh, and uh, realizes that, oops, the gig is up or jig is up and uh, walks up into the hills after her. And what happens? Uh, Terry fucking owns him. Yeah. yeah. Real good. <laughs> Terry took a rock. Bash him in the back of the head. A little, a little, you know, a little struggle ensues. He has the upper hand for a second, and then whammo, Terry with another shot. Yeah, yeah but she, she she tried to take the keys from him before he was completely incapacitated. Correct. Which what happened there? And he threw the keys into the woods, I guess, and she didn't bother to go ever look for them. Yeah, she so was like, oh, they're gone. They're gone yes, forever. So great point. He throws the keys into the woods, brains him with a rock. Uh, then what does she do? She. Ties him up with jumper cables, it seems well, like? Well, first she just sits there. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For first like off, three minutes. I mean, yeah. first off, Terry, double tap that bitch. Just finish yeah. it off, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's the point? You know, just finish that off. And then the keys, you're in the desert. It should be pretty easy to spot some keys. Yeah. It's not yeah. like you're in the There was like a swamp. little bit of brush and that yeah. was it. Like, you know. Yeah. So Terry, again, everyone does some pretty questionable bullshit in this episode. <laughs> but so. But I have she, to. Res- you know what? I. I I respect it, part of it. And then yes, she goes off the rails. She, so. she earned a little bit of my respect by pulling that little, oh, I'm sick. I need to get out of the car thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then and then getting ready with the rock. And, you know, I was like, okay, I see where you're coming from. All no, right. She, she pulls some real good shit. Like she she pulls a fast one on, on Kevin, hits him with a rock, spends a little bit of time just dazed and confused. Then she uh, ties him up with the, longs, the world's longest belt uh, and some jumper cables that she found in the car. <laughs> Uh, to a tree and then um she finally goes back to the car to grab her cell phone and then rather than staying on the street she just walks back up into the fucking mountain to get a signal which well, is you another gotta to, you gotta get to high ground mm-hmm. also underneath a bunch of trees also where no one can see you right yeah um which will come into play later because of course um <laughs> so speaking of idiots we cut back to rick who uh, is walking into Ira Gaines's <laughs> office. And um, so he tells Gaines that he has finished burying Dan. Yeah. And yeah. then um, very clearly forgetting Dan's literal last words before mm-hmm. getting shot, he asks Ira Gaines um, uh, for money. You said you'd yeah. pay me when we got back here, but you can pay me like whenever, like, if that's whenever. cool. Yeah. What? Here's how I have this written down in my notes, Coach. This is how I think it really went in his head. Okay, Dan. Dan's buried. I can has money? Okay, no money. I can has life? <laughs> I, 
I read the whole thing is just, hey, if you can pay me, that's cool, but I'm just going to get out of your hair because yeah. you're clearly busy with yeah. your terrorist stuff. I'm going to get everyone, I'm going to get out of everyone's way. And then Iris like, uh, I didn't realize you were in anyone's way because right. if you're in someone's way, I can shoot you in the face. That would be great. Right. So very clearly, like, Many multiple times, Rick just says, "I did everything you wanted me to." There's no reason for me to be here. Yeah, um, I, I am of no use to you at all, Ira. I'm useless. Yeah, I know Ira who just you are. <laughs> I, see I know face. where you are. Um, I kind of have an idea what you're doing, so you should probably just let me go. Right, guys. It, can I just recap a few of the things that Rick has done to aid and abet a terrorist plot? Just real quick, off the top. Yeah, yeah please do. Go for he it. He has kidnapped two girls, one of whom is the daughter of a federal agent. He has administered heroin uh, to a girl who his friend has roofied, date raped, and broken the arm of. Uh, He has seen his boss murder a man and Mm -hmm. then buried that body. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's just off the top. Why the fuck would that man let you go? Yeah. Yeah, he's... You know, he's he's not very smart. Like, I'm I'm, not even I'm starting to think that he didn't even go to San Diego State at this point. Well, Michael, he served more than he he studied. That's very clear. For sure. Wow. Uh, Man. Okay, so it's now 619. Curtis, do you have any uh, any thoughts on that one? No, it was hilarious. Um, (laughs) He is it. it, Yeah, the level it's just to to literally read off all the reasons why why someone should murder you. And then to watch Ira Gaines once again communicating simply via body language to say to him, like he just keeps talking because Ira was just looking at him like, Are you fucking kidding me right now? <laughs> right. Are you gonna you're gonna keep listing off the reasons I should just shoot you right now? And maybe like, he's like, not, I, I just maybe Ira's like, I already remember. shot my gun today. I don't wanna I don't wanna shoot I don't wanna shoot somebody else with my gun. Like I, I wanna save these bullets. I don't know, but yeah, like, it's just like Rick. I just shot Rick. your friend in the face. Yeah, I shot your friend in the face like an For hour asking the exact ago. same question you just asked. And so, so Gaines does say, uh, how about you just do a couple more things for me and then we can talk about when you can go. Um, so that's not looking great for Rick. And I think he's finally waking up to the fact that he's in fuck city and he's the only one being fucked around. Look, here's the, look, here's the thing. If I'm, even if I'm in a terrorist plot. Like me and you, Kush, we're in a terrorist plot. Yeah. Well, you know, Again. we got into uh, some shit. Again. Yeah. I mean, it happens every once in a while. But like, if I see someone shoot you in the face and then make me bury you, like, I'm going to lay low for a while. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to hide somewhere and hope that like nothing else is going to happen. Like, Michael, I've already I, gotten into some shit. I can't tell you how much I appreciate the fact that you very clearly would not John Wick people to say <laughs> to avenge my death. And... Hmm. Not in the compound. Wow. I would wait till I got out. I'd have to get some weapons and stuff, you know, then, then I would John Wick them. I thought we were better friends. That's fine. <laughs> anyway, it's, um... I would have choked Ira Gaines out the moment I entered that room, Kush. Yeah. And we would have, it would have been over. Thank you. Huh. You'd be dead. You'd be no. dead. You'd be no dead way. and I'd still be hiding in my, in my hobby hole waiting, waiting to exact righteous vengeance. No. Hmm. Okay, no. well, it's now 619. <laughs> and uh, we cut back to Jack, who has apparently spent the last full 10 minutes just staring down at Milo's desk with his hand <laughs> to his ear, waiting to hear from Ira Gaines. So uh, Gaines chimes in with what we were all thinking and says, uh, this is taking too long, Jack. <laughs> um, also, what has 
Ira been doing for 10 minutes besides not shooting Rick in the face like he he's been calming himself down like yeah. right. the Wusa thing from Bad Boys <laughs> oh god I want to shoot this fucking asshole right okay. he's no idea <laughs> yeah um, so Jack says I can't just switch them out um, and I'll be noticed uh, Gage just says you have three minutes uh, to which Jack says okay I just need to make it look natural when I go down to Milo and guys other than like murder and chopping thumbs off Jack has literally done nothing naturally in this entire show like I don't know not- Jack knows how to look natural even when he tries to look natural he looks kind of shady he looks panicked as a father he looks like he wants to murder both his daughter and his wife Mm -hmm. as a boss He's a very bad one. Um, yeah. So as Jack says that, Nina is walking up the stairs. Um, Jack starts to write her a note saying that I've been bugged. And uh, Gaines tells him to shred the note. And we discover that the entire place is bugged. Jack with is a, on security cameras. With a very uh, inconspicuous flashing <laughs> uh, bug attached yeah. to some kind of light, light fixture where no one else can see it except for Jack. When he right. He, and he instantly pinpoints it from yeah. uh, oh, you yeah. know, 100 yards away. Um, so let's let's run through a little bit here. Um, so we discover the whole place is bugged. Jack shreds the note. Uh, Nina comes up and tells Jack that Milo is about to identify the shooter off the key card. He says, that's great. I just need a few more minutes be- until I come down there. Tell him to stop working on it until I can come down to his station. And guys, can you imagine if people at CTU were only allowed to finish work when Jack was present? Because he'd been in the office for literally 45 minutes in the last six hours. This is why nothing gets done. Now I now I understand yeah i'm not gonna lie i would have told jack to fuck up no i'm gonna let him finish it you come down when it's done no you can whatever you want to say dude i we have a murder to to stop like we have an assassination to cease he's gonna keep running the goddamn key card until i tell him to stop and that's gonna be never so shut your mouth get to work and then and then nina says okay uh yeah he's in section seven which at first, I thought that she was just telling him which section of the key card he was in because they were doing it by sectors. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. She was saying where he is, like Jack hasn't been looking directly at yeah. him for 10 full minutes. Yeah, apparently section seven is a very specific area of the office. Yeah, that's yeah. actually, I wrote down, um, he's in section seven, section seven drink, because I'm pretty sure that was one of the keywords <laughs> we, we eventually wrote down on our two full pages of drink when they say blank list. So, uh, I guess everyone take a drink we all drank i hope you did too okay so we uh real quick cut back to jack uh, walking down to meet milo for the first time at his workstation and uh jack kind of just pretends that nina was lying about uh (laughs) telling milo to stop which frustrates milo and then um jack pulls the old uh dump the nerds popcorn on his keyboard (laughs) keyboard trick and uh while milo is distracted picking up his snack that we all referenced earlier very smooth very Very smoothly swaps out the card yeah i'm i'm a a little mad at jack you know because another james bond even john wick would have pulled some sleight of hand (laughs) and made ira think that he switched the card when he really didn't right it's a good point he he just went ahead and did it what the come on man well, I mean, the thing is that Milo was so close to getting a name, and if he actually did get a name, Ira would know immediately if he's got so you see that, right? He, he yeah. says he was balls deep in the card, essentially. But, like, later on we find out he says he's only 20% in. Well, he's 20% of well, the entire card, but he 20, was about to get the name. He was about to get the name of the assassin, and as uh, as we know from previous episodes, 
There is a mole in CTU who is I watching know. the proceedings. And um, let's cut, jump ahead a minute. So um, Jack has swapped out the card. He walks away. Milo is now trying to work on the new card, but it is trying to make him do something that he has already done. So he, um, he gets a little frustrated. And then... After like a brief exclamation of trouble, uh, who appears to help him out? The old Jamie. Old Jamie. So Curtis, I have a very important question for you about this scene. Uh huh. Well, Michael, lay down. What happens? What happens before your question? So, so Jamie. Jamie asks him, asks Milo what's wrong, and Milo says that uh, he already computed the inverse, but it's not accepting it, which I'm sure that's a thing. Uh, mm-hmm. And she says, are you sure that the sectors are linked? And he's like, oh, oh, you think that's the problem, is it? And then, you know, he links the sectors and then everything works. And Jamie kind of gives him a... <laughs> she looks very dick, smug. Buddy. She looks very right. smug. Right. Yeah. So my question is... Have Jamie and Milo been fucking? Oh man, you went there. You went there on the on the been fucking question. Like I was like. Well, you are the arbiter much, of that. I yeah, am. there is I there's am. like too much tension between them and like kind of like a one-upsmanship. I don't just think like a little I bit. Don't much. think I don't think they've been fucking. Okay. I think I maybe there was. I think I think maybe there was like a makeout at a Christmas party or something like that. Okay, yeah. You know, got a little drunk and you know maybe some heavy petting occurred. Mm-hmm. But no, no fucking. I think what that is. Is her looking at an outsider? I know this as a consultant myself and saying, you can't do my fucking job. Mm. Look, you didn't even link the sectors. <laughs> Rookie. <laughs> you know, that's what that face was for. And the yeah. only reason that you're even here is because I needed to come and stick my finger in this dead body to figure out who it was. <laughs> right. <laughs> Find a hole, figure it out. Yes. <laughs> so, um, yes, yeah, they definitely have some competition. So Milo gives her some grudge and respect and says, nice one. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they're on the move again, but, uh, as we'll find out soon, not moving in the right direction. Uh, so we cut back to Terry. She is still up uh, up on the hill with uh, Kevin, and she very, very ineffectually tries to wave down a car from 30 feet up in the air and uh, behind a good amount of brush. Um, and uh, her yell- yelling, hello, at a car um, wakes Kevin up, and he says, if you flag down that car, Kim's dead. Mm-hmm. And if I don't drop you off in 30 minutes, she's dead, which seems like bad news for Terry. Yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> he tries to tell her. Scenario. He tries to tell her, like, yeah, just untie me, and I'll take your, I'll take you to her. Which, I mean, he's not wrong. It's right. a very true Correct. statement. But, but she knows he's already killed at least one person. Yeah, right, and and has kidnapped her daughter. Yeah. So no, no, <laughs> not gonna let you go. That's. <laughs> That's literally what you yell at people in horror movies for. Right. You know, don't yeah. split up. Well, let's split up, guys. We gotta be fucking kidding me. Yeah. So yeah, if you'd have done that, it'd have been like, Jesus Christ, Terry, you are Kim's mother. Yeah. You know? So, no. She, uh, Terry does seem to have a bit better head on her shoulder, but uh, let's run through a couple scenes here, because they're just silly. We cut back to Jack at 631. Gaines has him call Palmer's Secret Service detail to get clearance to be at Palmer's breakfast. Um, he meet, re- reaches someone named Miller. Um, he Frank fin- Miller. Frank Miller, which uh, I think that was a nod to the famous comic book artist. <laughs> yeah. um, he tells Jack to check in with Aaron Pierce. Um, Milo is clearly having some trouble. Jamie's watching. Uh, Nina comes over uh, to check on him, and they realize that it is a different key card. Nina asks, who could have switched it? Well, who indeed, fellas? <laughs> yeah, and Milo immediately, he, he gets that look like, well, yep. the only person that was over here was Jack, and he uh, he knocked over yeah. my nuts. Exactly. So, That's yeah. My, my nuts are all over the floor. My snack mm-hmm. gone. My key car gone. And yeah. so um, we we jump back upstairs to Jack's office. He is calling Division to say that he will be... Um, I'm going to be 
out sick till 8 a.m. Um, and uh, Nina walks up to confront him. And I got to say, Jack is constantly touching his fucking earpiece yeah. in this scene. Like the entire yeah. time. As also, soon as Nina asks him anything, he's touching to, his earpiece. Um, I have to say something about this scene because... Nina is very accusatory towards Jack about this key card, and she gave him a whole lot of shit before about accusing her about the key card when it was her fucking terminal. And all she has is some kind of, she has Milo's word, and that's enough to just go out up there and just start accusing Jack of shit? Come on. Right, especially Jack is the source of the key card. He brought it in. Like, there's there's a lot of back and forth. I mean, uh, part of me gets it because, I mean... Okay, again, guys, Jack is not a good boss. Like, <laughs> no, he's been no. acting very suspiciously. He she just has a lot ju- of reasons to do. He this. just requisitioned <laughs> a helicopter for personal use. She doesn't know what for. Like, there's a he just brought her a dead body a in the body. back of a car. Like, Jack is not a unsuspicious dude. Okay, um, okay, yeah, you know what? I'll give it to you. But I'll so Jack says. Jack gives the, the excuse that he took the key card because Division didn't trust Milo, which Nina ain't buying. Uh, <laughs> so she threatens to call Division herself. So, oh. Uh, what does Jack do? He pulls a gun on her. <laughs> yeah, he sure does. Yeah, and he says, um, I- I'm really sorry, but I will kill you if I have to. Yeah, so he puts a gun to her head. Um, it escalated he, very quickly. He it drags her over to, to the locker. Yeah, he drags her over to the locker and makes her put on a windbreaker mm-hmm. um, so he can hide his gun. And uh, they walk out. Which um, is okay, which is a little odd because there's clearly cameras all over CTU. We find right. this out later. But there's clearly no one watching the cameras. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess one would. I mean, no one. There's really got to be really a security s- guard, right? I don't. I mean, who watching? watches the Watchmen, Michael? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but why have the cameras? If I feel like this no is one, more like, of just a, to have a record to go back to, which we will um, possibly lean on in about <laughs> twenty minutes. Yeah, I think we're gonna get there. I think we're yeah. gonna get there. So, um, so Jack. Gaines pretty much tells Jack to get her out of there, and so Jack walks her down the stairs. They're about to leave CTU and head outside. Who else should butt in except Tony Almeida? Fucking Tony. Weird. Um, they they <laughs> kind of blow him his off. Job. They kind of blow him off. Uh, Jack puts her in the Silver Ford Taurus in the driver's seat, and they drive off. And it is now 638, one hour after the last <laughs> debacle we fucking had. You guys want to talk about Tom Hanks or any shit? It's bullshit? 638, and they're leaving CTU. <laughs> No, I'm just saying that, you know, we got Nina, who's Nina Knapp now, mm-hmm. right? Yep. That's right. It's not safe to love Jack Bauer. It's just fucking Curtis, not. Curtis, I cannot stress this enough. If there's <laughs> one lesson this show will teach you is that caring about Jack Bauer will kill you. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Yep. I just want to I just want to throw and, that out there. And actually caring about people who care about Jack Bauer is sometimes more dangerous than actually caring about also Jack Bauer. Also a pretty I mean, good Janet recipe for did. disaster. Yeah. Janet's yeah. real dead. Yeah. Exactly. So, yep. You know, don't don't I mean, well, to be fair, Douche didn't like Kim. <laughs> he's dead. Rick's still alive. Well, to be fair, he was also dumb and a stoner. Also bad news for for dumb stoners in the 24 universe. Probably not long. Maybe you got maybe four episodes. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, don't um, fuck okay. with Ira Gaines. That's yeah, all I'm yeah. Okay, so it's six forty-two. Let's 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 cruise through here a bit. So uh, Terry gets a signal. She calls Jack's phone. Reaches a doctor because it's Jack's phone is in the parking garage at the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, so she just hangs up immediately when she realizes she's talking to an idiot. Um, and then she uh, calls CTU and for some reason gets Jamie because I think she was trying to call Nina. She tells Jamie that she's in trouble. Kim's been kidnapped. So is she. And that uh, Jamie says, tell me where you are. I'll send CTU agents to pick you up. 
So uh, mm-hmm. we cut back to Palmer. He's real, dr- real, real quick, real quick. Yeah. I noticed that Jamie, her of the of the midriff, yes, has has, has a little bit of a like a, a phone sex operator voice. Yeah, she's <laughs> on very- the phone there with Terry. I was like, wow, why are you getting all sultry? Like, she's why is that very necessary? soothing? Yes. Yeah, be 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 more respectful. You know, you're supposed to be moderate your tone to the situation. Yeah, yeah. come on. Yeah, she just is everything okay? Like, what the fuck, man? Yes. My daughter's been kidnapped. Let's go. Yeah. It's game time. Be a, be a CTU agent. Um, so at 644, we cut back to David Palmer. He is now getting dressed for, finally, for his, uh, probably hasn't showered, but just, you know, no. getting in a new suit, getting ready for his, uh, labor leader's breakfast. And, um, Sherry walks in, says, uh, he looks very presidential. And they kind of just talk about, well, Sherry talks about alternate solutions to this situation with Maureen Kingsley, the yeah. reporter, yeah. and Keith. Mm-hmm. Like and I said, she's a boss. Yeah. She's a fucking boss. <laughs> and uh, so basically she says, what if Maureen Kingsley could be cons- persuaded in another way? And David just says, very naively, and again, as a, a seemingly lifelong politician not getting it, well, I already spoke to her, and to be fair, <laughs> did threaten her with some sort of consequences. Um, yeah, but it was such an empty threat. She knows it's an empty threat. Exactly, because yeah. he's uh, apparently a stand-up guy. But So Sherry is basically saying... There's always a way. There's always something that. What if Maureen has a past that we can hold over her? Essentially, blackmailing her. She's not wrong. And uh, so David's like, "You mean blackmail?" (laughs) Oh God. (laughs) He sounds like someone who's perpetually wearing a wire. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Are you talking? Can you talk into my tie? Are you talking about blackmailing people? He sounds like he's actually been working for an insurance agency like this entire time. Like it wasn't just after this that he started working for Allstate. He's always been in good hands. He just can't do anything wrong. Oh god! Waiting for him to say abracadabra. <laughs> so um, basically, he he's like, "You've been talking to Carl, realizing that Sherry's been back in touch with Carl, and that maybe Carl. she doesn't necessarily care what David thinks or wants in this situation." David asks, "How can you justify burying the truth?" And she says something again, pretty smart here. Because it's been buried and digging it up now won't change the fact that it's already happened and has been buried for seven years. Seven fucking years, David. Yeah. It's just there's there's no need to do this. You're you're hurting your daughter. You're hurting your family. Mm-hmm. Pay Maureen off or figure out what hurts her and right. call it a day. Yeah, he yeah. never even offered her money. You're just doing this because you feel like it's just the right moral thing to do. That you just have to come come clean with this. It's gonna put your son in jail. Well, yeah. ruin your, ruin your daughter's life. I uh, know. Uh, to to quote Carl Gibson was white, David. Yeah, I yeah. think I nailed the tone. I nailed it. I, it was great. <laughs> So Rick leaves the door unlocked as promised. Um, he has another interaction with the other terrorist um, who basically says, you do the job, you'll be fine. You know, Gaines won't mess with you. So he walks away. Rick makes a reason to go. He's like, oh, I forgot something in the shed. So he runs back. Keys. Hey, he lets his keys or some horse shit. So, so yeah. he runs back. They reunite and they are off to the races on their way to escape town. Mm-hmm. Um, so we go back to Terry and, um, two, a, uh, black town car shows up with two CTU agents. They run up the hill. Terry's very excited to see them. Uh, what do they do? Well, one introduces himself. Uh, hi, I'm Charles McLemore, CTU. And then the other guy starts untying Alan, fake Alan York, I guess, uh, Kevin. Kevin. And she's like, hey, um, you might want to be careful with this bro. Cause he's a uh, kind of a murderer and a kidnapper. And then, uh, bag over her head. Yeah, she gets she gets Terry Nap 2.0. Yeah. She's uh she's done. 
I fucking which, knew it. Which means that I wrote this I down uh, with multiple ex- exclamation points. Uh, Curtis was right. I knew yep. it. I knew it. Curtis I knew it was her. Curtis, nailed how it. are you feeling about nailing your your guest for the mole in CTU? I, I mean, it was just, it was orgasmic glee. Um, <laughs> you know, don't show up to work in a midriff. Right, it's just I knew it from the moment she showed up, and uh, hey, I didn't you like don't her tell me how to dress. Oh, oh, I do, and you're unprofessional. Ryan, it's clear to me that you got something going on. All right, I don't like it. It's just, just too. It was too many, and it goes back to Kush. So, yeah, I mean, I feel great. Obviously, I'm the smartest man alive. No questions about <laughs> that anymore. Um, just you know, so easy. Uh, I'm still mad that it wasn't Rayburn a little bit because I haven't even <laughs> fucking met Rayburn. <laughs> we haven't met uh, Rayburn or Perry Tanaka. Well, hey, Perry hey, Tanaka is not Curtis, there either. But Curtis, let me ask this. Mm-hmm. You think Jamie could have done this all by herself? No, no, I don't think she she she, she has. And and it well, it, it goes back. So when I thought about it, I was like, you know, this goes back to even the dude that gave the key card away because he you said think Walsh was no, no 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 not Walsh. Oh, the, was it Scotty? Right? Yeah, Scotty. Yeah. You can only trust Jamie. So I think Scotty was a part of it. Then he had to be taken out because fucking loose ends. <laughs> You're too sweaty, bro. Don't trust you. <laughs> you gotta go. And then that's how they get they get Jack to trust Jamie, right? To get her in the circle of trust, which obviously it's not really hard to be a part of the circle, but still not my point. So yeah, you get Jamie involved. She plants the fucking the fucking bugs. But I think there's also a deeper, a deeper mole as well as part of this. But yeah, it's a, a deeper interesting. mole. Interesting. Oh. Interesting. Yeah. So she's just so. like the she's just because like the, the first level mole. Because there's got to be there's got to be a fucking reason why, right? I don't think that Jamie's some white nationalist who hates David Palmer because he's black. <laughs> there's something because <laughs> she <laughs> is she is some kind of brown, <laughs> right? She's totally Italian. Yeah, there's some kind of Spanish. So um, you're just saying but. there's not just one mole on a molehill. Can't be. Something's okay. going on, man. Somebody wants this guy dead in, high, in a high place. And well, I, do you think? You do know. you think that Jamie that Jamie even knows what the plot is, or she's just she's just doing shit that she's been told? I think she knows. And you know what? I don't know if 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 their boss. What was his name again? I can't. I can't even remember. This is, this is sad. George Mason. George, George Richard, Mason. Richard, no, not George Mason. Wal- not, no, Richard, Richard Walsh. Walsh. Is Richard Walsh dead? I don't know. But anyway. Wow, you've been watching a lot of a lot of spy movies. Yeah, yeah I mean so, Richard so, Walsh got how, lit up. Curtis, when was the last time you watched good. Mission Impossible? <laughs> <laughs> it was a little bit ago. Okay. It was a little well, bit ago. Anyways, but yeah, speak- but but yeah, I think there's a different. I think there's more than one mole. In okay. CTU. Interesting. Right. Well, yeah. speaking of Jamie, our mole, we cut back to her, and uh, who walks over to her but uh, old Tony Almeida, uh. and um, he had clearly had some concerns about the way that Jack and Nina left the building. Well, because it was it, fucking weird, right? It, it was yeah. very yeah, weird. It was. I got to give Tony on this one. Okay, I, I do hate Tony, but here he's doing his job. Yeah. He's like, okay, okay something's fucking weird around here. Need, right. Need, need, okay, so... To, right, why is Nina all of a sudden wearing a CTU windbreaker and then just, like, hustling out of the Right, of the okay, thing? so so he noticed that there was something weird, and he said something must have happened up in Jack's office, even though he didn't necessarily really notice uh, George Mason being tranquilized in the leg <laughs> earlier. Um, but, I think so, he, I think when something when he says something happened, he, he's 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 worried that they were fucking. Yeah, so very very possibly. <laughs> so um, Jamie, uh, you know, now that we know that she's the mole, kind of like playfully, but also like you know, back the fuck off. Asked like, what were you spying on them? 
Tony tells her that, hey, fuck off, one. Uh, two, <laughs> go ahead and pull security footage in 10-minute loops starting from 6.30. Um, and she tries to push back, and he's like, no, I'm the fucking boss around here because Jack and Nina are gone, That's which, again, point. is the first time anyone has fucking started to do the goddamn jobs around here. I know you guys don't like Tony, but I, you know, I, I think no, he's got to No, I was proud of him. Yeah, I was no. proud of him for, for finally just stepping the fuck up and saying, no, we're getting this done now, right. okay? Get me the video. So we cut back to the object of Tony's desire. Nina and Jack are in the car. Gaines is again guiding them somewhere. Um, so <laughs> Nina again kind of brings a lot of hostility towards Jack. I mean, not unexpectedly given the situation, but um, basically asks if Jack has been lying the entire time about the fact that there is a mole in CTU. Questions if Kim is even missing. Uh, asks what is on the key card that you didn't want us to find. And Jack just says, don't make this any harder than it is. Um, I bet she hadn't heard that before. <laughs> hey <laughs> Curtis, why is that? Because they've been fucking. There it is. Anyway, so Gaines tells uh, Jack that in three miles you'll see a turnoff, which if I know anything about Los Angeles traffic, which I don't, it's only just through pop culture and media, um, that should be in about three hours they'll make it three miles correct so um five minutes later we go to commercial break we come back jack and nina have apparently made it three miles and they arrive at some old oil derricks jack very clearly finally over the earpiece asks Gaines what he should do jack or Gaines tells jack to kill nina to which nina like very clearly says who are you talking to what's going on yeah finally she notices yes <laughs> it's about, <laughs> it's about <laughs> fucking time so Jack kind of fights back. He, he's looking in the camera that's very clear in the corner of the car and then realizing he has no choice, he gets out and pulls, he grabs the keys and pulls Nina out of the car. I have a very important question here, though. Jack says, or he tells, Ira tells Jack that he needs to kill Nina. And Jack says, I can't do that. And he says, it's either Nina or your wife and your daughter. So my question is, if we change that a little bit and we say it's either Nina or your wife, does he still make the same choice? I think so. I mean, he's Probably. clearly been trying to fix things with Terry. You think that he her. kills he kills someone in cold blood to save Woody? <laughs> <laughs> you got a you got a friend in me, bro. You can't yeah. can't let me can't let me die. Yeah, I mean, would you would you kill Buzz Lightyear to save Woody? I'm just saying, like Nina has skills wait, wait, better, that can help better him. Just to bring this back to the real core of this, this podcast. Would you kill Tim Allen to save Tom Hanks? Fuck yes. That's that's what you just yes. asked, Curtis. Easily. That's what you just yes. asked. Sweet and Jesus, yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah, obviously I would. <laughs> no, but what I'm saying is like Nina, if he doesn't kill Nina and he just says, fuck this, there's this dude, he's trying to tell me to do shit. We need to we need to stop Palmer from getting killed. Clearly he knows some stuff. If Kim's not involved at all, I think he makes a different decision. Yeah, well, I mean, so I think the the big thing is that, one, one, I, I really hope that Jack has a plan. Uh, he doesn't seem like someone who, again, he spent 10 minutes looking at Milo's computer. <laughs> he probably wasn't spending that 10 minutes just jerking off. Um, but two, I think he also knows that they have Kim. Like, I, I think... Regardless of what we might feel his feelings towards Terry are, um, I, I think he's not going to risk him for no, definitely no, not. no. There's definitely there's not. no there's nobody 
that you would you would risk for your child no. or you would save for your child. So it just it's that's it. Yeah. So uh, so it's just a hypothetical. A I'm just I'm just hypothetical. You know. Right, Michael. Jack... Obviously, you would let Terry die. Well, for we, sure. We yes. get it we, for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. Um. So so Jack has pulled Nina out of the car. He says to Nina, "Listen, I have no choice. They have Kim and Terry." She tries to fight him. You know, he's he's trying to make her turn her back to him, and she won't do it. So he he kind of just like grabs her by the jacket, pulls her pretty close, and just uh, boy, he pumps three rounds directly into her chest. There it is. Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, then pushes she, her down the pushes her down the hill. Well, she yeah, she just rolls off the cliff, falls down. Um, our one of our video dudes comes over, and we get Gain sees clear video of her lying dead at the bottom of the hill. Tail car that is following them, you know, is right there. And uh, Jack gets back in the car. Very clearly gathers himself. He, you know, takes a deep breath and uh, they drive off. And um, I think since we know a, a thing or two about this terrorist organization's body disposal techniques, we can <laughs> safely assume that she'll just be lying in the sun for five, 12, six hours, twelve well, to eighteen hours, probably. Yeah. You would think though that after Ira's uh, situation with with Rick and Douche and their mm-hmm. maybe she wasn't quite dead situation that um. He might have been a little bit more proactive about checking on on the death of someone. Michael, are you comparing the murder skills of two San Diego State students to a trained CTU agent? Um, a trained CTU agent who probably doesn't want to kill her? Right. I, I, I will say, I, I, I'm getting the sense that while there might be a deeper, deeper motivations going on, things have changed for this terrorist organization. We, we've <laughs> we're already seen that Bridget going her own way has thrown a wrench in the works. I kind of get the sense that Gaines is kind of stretched to his limits already <laughs> as far as manpower goes, despite having like... 12 dudes patrolling the uh, the perimeter of their base with AR-15s. Like, the fact that he had to hire Rick and Douche in the first place shows that, like, maybe not the best staffed organization. Have, have you guys noticed that there's there's seems to be two type of agent? And it's, you know, it's like we went to that video game trip. There's, like, two type of dude that you got in Ira's organization. You have clean-cut, ready like, trained killers. Mm-hmm. The people who, yeah. like, kidnapped Terry and Kevin and, and even Mandy. And you have, like, dirty dudes. <laughs> Just real dirty dudes hanging around the camp. Bunch Why? Of, bunch of rowdy boys. Like, did yeah. he just go out and like, did he go to San Diego State and just say, hey, who needs some money? I need some trained. I need some guys who who want to kill. Well, I don't get that yeah, sense no because the other guy who is with Rick, like, says that he's been with Gaines for a couple months, has done a few jobs for him. And if like, if as long as you are OK, he'll pay you and be fine. Yeah. But again, it begs the question: like, why would why were Rick and Douche even like in the <laughs> equation? Other than oh, they're young guys who can maybe pull some like girls. Um, they're very... sexy San Diego State oh, men. They're men, so like, high school not boys. Yeah. yeah. So uh, speaking of men, not boys, we uh, <laughs> we are back to Rick. They are now. Um, he's with Kim. They're digging under the chain link fence. Oh my to god! Escape. He seems... says that he knows that Highway 14 is a mile that way. He knows how to get there. So they're digging just as they're about to make good their escape. What happens? Well, fucking Kim hears Terry screaming her freaking head off. They're pulling her out of the car. And so by the she way, it's says, eight minutes after Terry has been uh, kidnapped. Yeah. Actually, no, hold on, let me see. Much longer after that, it's about it's like 10, 10, 12, 10 minutes. Yeah, something it, like it's that. It's ten to twelve minutes after she's Terry still, has been put in the she's car. She's still screaming hysterically, which begs the question: Has she just been screaming hysterically for the entire ten minute car ride? Well, we do know that Terry tends to do one thing for a very long time. Last episode, <laughs> she stayed in the same spot for at least seven minutes. This one, possibly screaming at the top of her lungs for ten to fifteen minutes. Yeah, so. 
so Kim is like, I can't leave her there, even oh, though, God. like, you literally have no skills to do anything yeah, at this point. You, and admit it's a hating her in the last episode. Right, like... <laughs> The best option for her is to get the fuck out of the compound and find your dad. Instead, instead, she's like, oh, no, Rick, you go call my dad. What is? Oh, yeah. Call your dad and be like, hey, I'm one of the two dudes who uh, kidnapped your daughter. And now your daughter and your wife are stuck there. And I left her there when I could have oh. helped her escape. Also, key point of information. She never told him how to call her dad or who. Yeah. Or who, or who that is. Her dad is he was say I need Kim's dad. Uh please <laughs> operator and he Hello, Kim, hello and he government. Kim's, and he hello. Kim's dad. He's a federal agent. <laughs> hello, Barack. I'm imagining a world in which Barack was president in 2000 and also is still president. <laughs> Hello, please catch me in. It's Kim's dad. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, I mean, it's just like it. it's so dumb. It's like every time Kim or Terry does something that you're like, OK, maybe they're not complete morons. Then they're just like, no, no, I'm a complete idiot. Yeah. Well, speaking of walking back, any possibility of redemption, um, not only do does Kim not escape, neither of them escape because oh, they God. both walk back fucking in to the thing. Kim goes and goes and hides in her shed again. Um, Terry's being pulled through the compound. Uh, she's just screaming for Kim or whoever. Uh, we cut back to Tony Almeida at CTU. Uh, he is looking at security footage of Jack. He sees that Jack has pulled a gun on Nina and slammed her against the wall in Jack's office. He says, you son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. But then he keeps he keeps watching. Yeah, and says, um, um, why did he give her a flak jack? Yeah, he sees he sees Jack put the windbreaker on Nina to cover up his gun. But we reveal it was a it was a flat jacket. So um Which explains now, why Jack was like grabbing her jacket to keep and it close. pulling it in front of her every time she tried to move. Right. It also, it also explains why uh three nine millimeter bullets at point blank range didn't go directly the fuck through her. <laughs> right. So <laughs> and leave trails of blood all down the sand when you push it down the hill. Yeah. So after Tony's revelation or question, why did he put a flat jacket on her? We cut back to the oil derricks and uh Nina her arm in the sand twitches. She's, she stands up. She's fully alive, and she pulls uh, three slugs out of her vest, uh, her, her flak jacket, and uh, she stands up and uh, is revealed to be wearing very sensible shoes, which <laughs> yes. is great, because she's got some fucking walking to do. Oh, my God. Yeah, they're really far away from LA. They're yeah. at least three miles away, is what uh, we heard from uh, the previous uh, call from Ira Gaines. So, Nina's alive. She's on the case. So, again, Jack clearly didn't spend those ten minutes just jerking off. He, he's clearly thought that a couple moves ahead. He might not be a, a chess grandmaster, but he's uh, he's no dumb dumb. He's got some moves up his sleeve. Curtis, I have a couple questions. So it, we we finished up this, the the uh, six a.m. Yeah. hour. Yep. This was a pretty buck wild episode. A lot it happened. Really was. We've been building up to a lot. We talked a little bit um, last time about how maybe the first thirteen episodes were sort of like a season unto its own season like they didn't know if they're gonna uh, get renewed so they built the season in a way that maybe we're at the halfway point how are you feeling right now about jack bauer palmer where we're going i feel i feel great about it the the characters are complex which is good right nobody's pure good nobody's pure evil it seems like i mean ira gaines is, seems like he's a bad guy but he's also cool as, as shit so he's the best um, villain on tv i've ever seen yeah i mean mm-hmm. it's 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 a good show you've got someone that you can hate kim uh and tony <laughs> If you need to. <laughs> Not the uh, terrorist leader. 
No, no. Iron Games is really cool. Iron yeah. um, <laughs> Games is a badass. You know, so I, I like it a lot. I'm excited about getting a little wound up. Cause I see I see Jack's anger boiling. And I like that. I think that this may lead to the murder volcano um, that I predicted last time. Um, so yeah. I'm hoping he just loses his shit. But I, I need to say this. And it's, it's something that I, I, I've been realizing. I just, at the end of this episode, I really saw it. And I don't know if it was planned this way um if the writers kind of built it this way but this show is built around some really strong female characters mm-hmm. um it's not really about the guys the guys are like our our way of getting into it like a video game right there are link into the characters to kind of get to the story but the terrorist organization the main killing was done by mandy right and then bridget bridget held them you know hostage for more money You've got Sherry Palmer, who is trying to pull the strings of David, make sure he can't do anything. And it's because of Maureen Kingsley, who is making him have to come out and, and admit to what his son did. You've got our mold, Jamie, who is pulling all the strings, it seems like, at CTU, but she may have some help somewhere. And then Nina is is just going around on a rampage, helping Jack out, but also finding out what he's doing on the side. And then you've got Terry, who managed to, you know, she, she, she did some work on there on Kevin. And messed up his face. And you had the unkillable Janet for a while, who's also impressive. And then on the side, you got, you got fucking Kim. But, but other than that, it's really cool to see that in 2001, there was a show that's built around a lot of strong female characters who are just kind of, you know, these guys are here. That's great. You guys are here. But other than Ira Gaines, they're all pretty much fucking useless. Well, I will say, Curtis, one, you picked up on that very early. <laughs> to find that at, at episode six is pretty good. I will say, 70% of the women you just noted are doing like antagonist, antagonistic, evilish totally, bullshit. Totally yeah. understand. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, but they're driving again, the again, story though, is what I'm saying. Again, though, a, a very surprising choice for a 2000, 2001 TV yeah. show. I will yeah. agree with you. And I will say that only gets better in, in, in a number good. of certain ways. So you called Jamie. You, you, you called that pretty early. That was a nice called shot. I appreciated that. <laughs> you mentioned Jack Bauer and a murder volcano. And as we all know, volcanoes just take pressure and time, which we've <laughs> got, <very> we've <laughs> got a bit of on both of those fronts building. So I, this is what I wanted to ask you earlier in the episode, Curtis. Uh, I meant to ask you it last episode, but um, I was too drunk and very angry at all three of you idiots. So um, it didn't happen. Which what we failed at this time. Hey, Go hey, ahead. Kush, I have a question for you. How do you feel about uh, Captain Sully Sullenberger and his uh, life story as a movie? As a movie? I think yeah. it's a bunch of fucking horseshit. <laughs> as an American hero. As an American hero, I think Captain, Captain Chesley Sully Sullenberger is a goddamn sweet man. He's great. I feel but like Chesley's kind of a weird name, right? It like really that's is. that's not anyone's name. Hey, that's... are we doing this again? Are, are, we, it, but, a, are we a Chesley hey, but, cast but, now? But Michael, isn't it better than Captain Phillips with that? I mean, I love Tom Hanks. That was a bad Boston accent. Yeah, no, it was, it was pretty it, bad. It was anyway, here's my question. <laughs> yeah, it, sorry. Go ahead, Kush. Curtis, what do you think Gaines wants from Jack? What do you think he wants Jack to ultimately do? It can't just be about the key card because he, he's on his way to Palmer. What's no. what's he want Jack to do? Uh, it's it's either it's either he's gonna be the one um to to let Martin in and then distract Secret Service, right? Because Secret Service always has to be in the room with a candidate. So if he could find a way to get them alone, um, and then sneak him out after the murdering is done, that would be good. Or Jack is gonna be the scapegoat for the assassination. Okay, well, what's that's weird. what I'm thinking right now, and we'll see what happens. What's so, weird though is that so Martin or not Martin Belkin, but the guy who's dressed up as Martin Belkin at this point. Creepy snipefish. Mm-hmm. Creepy snipefish. He's shown uh, that he's a very good long range sniper. Yeah. Right? It's true. And at, at the moment, though, he's 
dressed up as a photographer who's supposed to meet David Palmer one-on-one, mm-hmm. which is not really his skill set, right? So it's well, kind you of don't like, have to, what? You don't have to show your subject the fo- photographs as soon as you take them. <laughs> It's not a, it's not a instant, it's not a Polaroid. You don't have to be like, hey, look at what, look at this good work I just did on you. (laughs) That's true. It's like, I'm just going to be over here, uh, you know, 400 yards away taking pictures of you. (laughs) Don't worry about it. You need to take your picture from a mile away. Yeah. Here's here's a question I built Of uh, photographers. It's okay. (laughs) Here's a question I built on that, Curtis. So we talked a little bit about what it would take for Jack to be like, hey, fuck this. Fuck Terry. Fuck him even. I just, I need help. Mm-hmm. Do you think Jack would take a shot on Palmer or would allow someone else to take a shot on Palmer or, you know, otherwise impede the Secret Service to let Palmer die to save his family? Yes, immediately. A I man, knew, I, a I man with those tattoos. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kush, Kush, I got, I got, I know, I know, you know, we've been drinking and joking. As a father, it's not even a hesitation. I don't give a damn how committed you are to the job. I don't think there's anybody that would that would not just be yep you're dead Curtis would I'll you go to jail. I'll be would I'll be you a traitor have, I don't care. you would have you would have let Barack Obama die in a heartbeat <laughs> I would have thought cut, about cut other mic, people mic, in his family but yeah no that's not even hard yeah. there's no one there is nobody except for my other child who I would give up. <laughs> That is it. <laughs> All right. Well, fellas, I, I have a, a pretty good feeling that we are moving into some interesting, very tasty waters. It looks good. It looks Guys, good. It's, it's so hard not to keep. It's so hard not to keep watching the next episode because uh, you know, like I said, we we've seen this show a long time ago, and I didn't. To be honest, when you said Jamie was the mole, I I didn't believe you. I had and I've seen this before. Yeah. No, this is all. I mean, it's. Every episode reveals familiar waters, but it's always it's like deja vu. It's like, right. oh yeah, shit, that was right. great. Yeah, uh, so yeah, is, is we're Jamie all gonna have this. creepy? Is she gonna have creepy mole eyes now from now on? <laughs> like, is it gonna be every time you look up, see Jamie looking around, like you know, just like peering around the corner, like, what's going on? What are you guys um, up to? I'm watching you. That's not necessarily untrue. <laughs> yeah. Um, but guys, I, I, the next couple episodes, I have a great feeling about. I think there's a lot of things coming to a head. Palmer stays. Finally, actually oh, getting it. started. Is he going to get his a- threats in his OJ? Just mm-hmm. goddamn yeah. it. Yeah. Jack is about to meet with the Secret Service detail, run headlong into Palmer. Uh, the assassin is about to meet with Palmer. Palmer has to go confront the press in the world with his family's darkest secret. Uh, Kim and Terry are about to be reunited. This is a, the next hour or two is going to be tasty as hell. Mm-hmm. And yep. David Palmer will get a glass of orange juice and a tall order of threats along mm. with it. Bring it on. So guys, thank you so much for joining me for the longest days of our lives. This is a pretty great one. And uh, if you guys are interested in any other past episodes, you can uh, find us at longestdaysofourlives.podbean.com or goodbuddymedia.com slash blog. We post uh, some show notes and a blog post about every episode. And uh, Curtis, how else can people help us out? Uh, you can subscribe to us on your uh, podcast app of choice, be it iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Podcast Addict. Get on there, um, rate and review us and leave some comments um, that gets us kind of bumped up. Maybe we can be one of the top entertainment podcasts for you um same for our other show uh trends in low places uh start listening to that and get us on 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 those apps as well um and get us some good reviews guys yeah uh michael where can people follow us on the old social medias yeah you can find us at l d o o l cast uh which which i like to call l dual cast um on both twitter and facebook 
like our Facebook page, follow us, uh, you know, shoot us some some uh, comments or suggestions. Um, and uh, you can also check out our, our other show, uh, which is at TILPcast on Twitter and Facebook. Yeah. And uh, just before we all go, I pulled this on Michael too, but there's a, a little movement among uh, the podcast community. Apparently, uh, 80% of Americans do not listen to podcasts and 45% of Americans are not even aware of podcasts as a thing. Uh, so there's a movement called Tripod, uh, T-R-Y-P-O-D. And uh, people are just saying, uh, you know, podcasts that they like to listen to and uh, that, uh, that their fans should listen to as well. So I wanted to share uh, two with y'all that I really enjoy. And I, I hope Michael and Curtis can chime in as well. There are two that I really love. Uh, one is called Dan Carlin's Hardcore History. Uh, he only puts out about one episode every three months. Um, but they're each about four to five hours long delving into massive topics in history. If you if you enjoy historical stuff, it, it's awesome. Awesome. He has a great series on World War One called Blueprints for Armageddon that is fucking fantastic. And uh, there's also one that I really enjoy called Reply All, which dives into uh, kind of just weird news stories. Uh, well, I like to think of uh, our other show, Trends in Low Places, a sister show to Reply All, because uh, while they do actual in-depth journalism, me and Michael just say dumb <laughs> shit about what we read on the internet. And uh, while we are very funny and irreverent and silly, um, they actually share meaningful, pretty fun stories. So uh, my Michael and Curtis, do you guys have any podcasts that you would like to share with our listening audience? Yeah, I can give you a couple. Uh, I like a podcast called Startup. Um, it goes through uh, the creation of a podcast company, um, which is kind of a, a cool thing to listen to. Hello, um, yeah, <laughs> uh, kind of one of those things you want to you want to hear, uh, and it's it's a really cool show to listen to and kind of hear how they give through the, the whole process of getting started up. And I also like one called Under the Influence. Um, there's this uh, former ad executive in Canada who uh, goes through why certain um, marketing campaigns were done, um, the stories behind some of your favorite commercials and ad campaigns. And it's kind of cool to listen to those old things and kind of um, hear how people d- devised how to get um, folks to buy things. So yeah so i guess one that i will i will point out uh is not really i guess it's not technically a podcast even though they put out a podcast but they have a show on sundays that i don't always catch so i listen to it a podcast form wait wait don't tell me on npr which is a um news quiz i guess which has a couple comedians on it and it has peter sagel who is uh hilarious um and they actually they tape it here at the in chicago um which is really cool um and then another one that i really enjoy is um i talked about this on trends in low places as well but uh how did this get made which is probably my favorite uh podcast other than ours obviously um but it is the one that i always listen to when i want to laugh my ass off um, by the way about stuff that isn't necessarily uh current or anything having to do with you know donald trump by the way, did you listen to the Triple uh, X Return of Xander Cage episode of How Did This Get Made? I haven't listened to that one yet, no. Okay, y'all, one, you fucking have to, too. Uh, <laughs> so they make a point of reviewing every Fast and Furious movie as it yes. comes out with yes. with Mr. Adam Scott. Uh, he oh, has, God, it's so uh, good. All my favorite things. And uh, so they brought him back as a official Vin Diesel expert for Triple X, and it is impeccably good. It's so oh. fantastic. All right, I'm excited. I'm excited. I need to get on that immediately. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us for the longest days of our lives. Uh, This was a good one. I really cannot wait to find out where this goes next. And uh, fellas, we're running out of time. Toodles.
Oh, <laughs> 